Hey friends, this is Michael Bohm with Youth Apologetics Training. Today we're going to keep going with this series about the new apostolic reformation, the NAR. And yesterday we talked about, well, we started talking about their influence and their size, a couple other notable characters that I thought you might want to know about. Uh, we have uh, Ted Haggard. You guys remember this guy? He got caught up in all kinds of... Well, a homosexual scandal a little ways back had to step down. Well, see Peter Wagner, who is often looked at as the grand poobah, the leader, the super apostle, the head kahuna of the NAR, actually works alongside Ted Haggard in that mega church, the New Life Church in Colorado Springs. Uh, they actually worked side by side until C. Peter Wagner, uh, well, handed it off to Ted Haggard. Well, and Ted Haggard co-founded the World Prayer Center at the New Life Church. Uh, Ted Haggard has been very influential in this NAR movement. By the way, just a little trivial history. I've actually, back when I was part of this hyper-charismatic movement, I went up to Ted Haggard's church to some huge rally. I, I hate to say it, guys, but I think it was called The Call. I think I keep hearing about The Call, and I'm pretty certain that was the rally I went to at Ted Haggard's church. I went up there with the youth group of the hyper-charismatic church I was a part of. Uh, we listened to Ted Haggard himself speak. Um, uh, oh, other notable figures I remember hearing was Lou Engel, also a very influential person that's part of this uh, new apostolic reformation. Uh, he's an interesting guy. He speaks, his voice sounds like he's a WWF wrestler, okay? You just expect him to jump off the stage with an elbow drop at any moment and just take it down put you in a figure four or something like that. But uh, <laughs> he, he stands up there. I apologize, guys. I, uh, I'm in a weird state today. Um, he'll stand up there and he'll rock his hips forward and backwards. It's kind of awkward and, and embarrassing to watch. But basically, you know, claiming that the Holy Spirit is upon him and is moving him. And he'll be up there and his hips will be rocking back and forth in these pelvic gyrations. Uh, that can make people blush, and then he'll be, you know, spouting supposed prophecies from the Lord and, you know, prophesying over us. Uh, I was jumped into Joel's army uh, during that time up there. I was made part of Joel's army. They brought uh, a bunch of people forward, and we were prayed over, and I was given some dog tags and uh, an AK-47. No, just kidding. Uh, no, <laughs> sorry. But I was, basically, I was put into this large group of people who claim to be this last day's army that's going to take dominion over the earth. We'll talk about that a little bit more in the coming days. Uh, but quite an experience. Very bizarre. Total nonsense in hindsight. Total nonsense. Guys, you know, just to take another rabbit trail here, because what the heck, why not? Uh, you know, when you're part of these movements, you always are led to believe that you're doing all these great and prophetic and powerful things in the spirit. You know, you're walking the cities, you're blowing your shofars over certain buildings that you're proclaiming are going to be the future home of your church. You're, you're doing these spiritual worship warfare dances and all this 
great and mighty, powerful stuff. You ask somebody that's part of these movements, how's it going? And their first response is, God is really moving in my life. God is doing this and that. They're always engaging in all these great and mighty, powerful things. And by golly, nothing ever changes. Their life doesn't change. They never get the building. They blew their shofar over or, or walked around once a day for six days and then walked around another seventh day and or seven times on the last day and blew our shofars and stuff like that. They don't, these cities that they prayer walk, these places that they claim and they, you know, they take down the territorial demon. We'll talk about that later. In certain areas, they renounce these great big sins that were done in this area against who's so-and-so and who's who, and I don't know, and nothing ever changes. Nothing changes. Now, I know that's kind of a pragmatic way to look at all this, and I apologize for that, but coming from a person who was part of this, and after a while, I'm starting to just look around and go, a good grief. I thought we were doing all these great and powerful things. How come in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, when God told them to do something, you know, that might have sounded a little goofy at the times, like, like, well, you got to hold up your arm and your staff. And if your arms are held up, you're going to win the battle. And if you put your arms down, you're going to lose the battle. Now, that sounds like uh, the type of goofy thing you would see in, uh, you know, coming from one of these NAR, Word of Faith, or hyper-charismatic type circles. All right, but guess what? Great mighty things happened. You know, these weird prophetic things that that happen in the Bible, you're kind of like, well, that was kind of odd, but stuff happened. Like walking around Jericho, and on the seventh day, they walked around seven times, and then they all blew their horns and shouted. That sounds crazy. But guess what? The whole city fell apart. I mean, the walls just, and they all came down. All right, but but when you're walking with these hyper charismatic circles, NAR, Word of Faith, and they have us doing all this goofy stuff, and you're and, and I mean you're led to believe these great mighty things are happening in the spirit, and nothing happens. Nothing ever happens, and it was so disappointing. <laughs> Again, I know that's a very pragmatic way of looking at this. If something had happened, would that have proved that it was from God? <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not, because it still has to match with Scripture. It, you know, the teachings of this apostle prophet needs to be in line with Scripture. Guys, these are men and women that are like, oh yeah, you know, I was having my coffee this morning and reading the paper, and Jesus showed up and sat down and talked to me for a while. You know, they they kind of have this one-on-one thing, one -on -one thing going on with Jesus. You know, Jesus is my homeboy and all that stuff. All right? And, and they're always hanging out with Jesus, you know, because, you know, that's just how they roll. And they're having all these conversations with angels. And yet... In all of these daily occurrences and communicating with God, never does God say, hey, by the way, um, yeah, this, this uh, name it, claim it thing that you're teaching, it's not in the Bible. you got to stop that, okay? You know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. you got to stop that. Uh, or correcting them on, on any of the other weird nonsense. Hey, Ted Haggard, that homosexual relationship you're having, uh, I don't like that. And uh, I'm not going to talk to you for a while until you get that figured out. You know, kind of like Samson. When he started departing from the Lord, guess what? The Holy Spirit departed from him. He didn't even realize it. But you don't see that. None of them ever get corrected of the Lord. Because they're not talking to the Lord. 
Because they never were talking to the Lord. They're false prophets. They are deceivers. And Jesus told us in the last days we would expect to see a lot of false prophets and deceivers deceiving the church. Oh, man, now that was a rabbit trail. I apologize. But it had to be said. And I know a lot of you out there are nodding your head vigorously because you know that, I mean, it's craziness. It's total nonsense. Other people of influence, uh, what about Mike Bickle? I uh, started the International House of Prayer that has nothing to do with the International House of Pancakes, although I'll trust the words of my pancake more than this group. And yeah, that's uh, that's out of Kansas City, Missouri. And then there's Apostle Cal Pierce of the Healing Room Ministries in Washington. Uh, there's Aglow International in Edmonds, Washington, with Apostle Jane Hansen Hoyt. <sighs> and then there is the call, which, uh, you know, Pastor Lou Engel, hundreds of thousands of people have come to uh, pray and worship and fast. And again, that's Prophet Lou Engel. Uh, have you ever heard of God TV? Uh, and in fact, during the Lakeland revival with Todd Bentley, God TV covered that on their, their broadcasts. Uh, God TV, NAR, okay, New Apostolic Reformation, basically global network. Guys, God TV broadcasts in 200 nations. And then, of course, there's Trinity Broadcasting Network, you know, TBN, Paul Crouch. Again, always having these NAR apostles and prophets on his station. Uh, putting forth all of these NAR type beliefs and teachings. Uh, you're also going to find a lot of NAR teachings in uh, the publishing group Charisma House and also Charisma Magazine. Another affiliate group of the, NA and the NAR is the Elijah List. Uh, they send out daily emails uh, with prophecies and teachings. They have over 135,000 subscribers to this Elijah list. And fr I mean, this, friends, this group has their uh, hands, their roots, their tentacles, uh, reaching into so many areas of Christianity, as well as they're getting involved in politics. Uh, you're going to find people like Sarah Palin, Newt Gingrich, uh, Sam Brownback, Rick Perry, uh, and many others who are, are linking arms with the new apostolic reformation for political gain. All right. So they, they have something to gain. And while this movement also gains, uh, well, the uh, m more clout, more influence, more ability to influence the society. And friends, in many ways that the NAR is trying to influence society is not necessarily bad. I mean, they are fighting against things like abortion and same sex marriage, things like that. Although you'll find voices amongst this movement that are now starting to back off on the uh, same-sex marriage debate. But whatever the case, uh, you know, th this, this movement is trying to influence society in some ways that we would all agree with. Uh, and so in that sense, 
well, okay, you know, fight on, go for it. But on the other sense, should us Bible-believing uh, fundamental Christians who are very concerned about doctrine, theology, and teaching what is true from the scriptures, and staying away from some of these other dangerous doctrines and not following after fake apostles and false prophets, uh, should we be linking arms with these guys? Should we be part of their prayer rallies? Should we be part of these NAR functions? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh, we should not be lending credibility to any of these guys. It's just like the Catholics who are also fighting abortion. Should we link arms with them in that fight? No. No, let them fight in the way they're going to fight. Let the NAR fight in the way they're going to fight. But do not link arms with these other organizations and thus lend credibility to their cause. All right? Because we disagree with them. All right? Uh, yes, most of these people that are part of the NAR, uh, I believe, well, I, I would say most of them, at least amongst the congregations, uh, hold to a saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? Uh, but nonetheless, we should not be lending credibility to these uh, goofy teachings. It's just like I've mentioned in the past. Um, I would not be caught dead <laughs> on TBN. It's not going to happen. I, I would not want anything to do with lending credibility to those guys. Uh, unless I was on there to uh, give them some constructive criticism. But, of course, they're not going to bring somebody on or at least air something uh, that criticizes the nonsense that they spout from those types of programs. Anyway, all that to say, the NAR does have a lot of clout, a lot of influence on our culture right now, especially in the United States. They are worldwide. They have influence uh, in areas of media. Uh, well, and well, we're going to talk about this in the coming days. But there's Seven Mountain Man. <laughs> no, not the Seven Mountain Men, but the Seven Mountain Mandate, uh, where they are looking to influence seven uh, parts of our culture, our society, to bring them. Uh, into more of a Christian influence under dominion of this movement, all right? Well, they're doing that. They're doing everything they can to get into these seven areas of influence in our society, in our culture. Now, is that going to ultimately happen? I mean, are they going to pull this off? Are they going to be able to actually change uh, our culture and take dominion? over the world so that they can hand it over to Christ when he shows up? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not going to happen, friends. That's not going to happen. But we'll talk about that in the coming days. The Bible's clear. Um, the, la the last days before Christ shows up, we're not going to be winning. We're not going to be kicking hind end for the Lord, okay? That's not how it works. We're definitely going to see some victories along the way. We're going to reach the lost in many ways along the way. But no, we're not going to just subdue the earth, take over all of the, the governments of the world, and then Jesus is going to show up and we're going to be like, here you go. Uh, no, it's not going to work like that. Uh, it's going to be a, a time of tribulation such as the earth has not seen up until that point. 
All right. So anyway, uh, I should stop right there. And with that, I love you guys and I'll see you tomorrow.